Hi, this is Mwende Says, a podcast by me, Mwende Ngao, on all things life. So this is part three, the last part in the series, Cling to Joy, Living Through a Pandemic. On the last episode, I had an amazing, amazing conversation with therapist Maggie Gitu on self-care and mental health, especially during this time of COVID-19. Thank you so much for all the great feedback. I'm really glad that conversation was as helpful to you as it was to me. On this episode, I'll share my personal experience during this pandemic. I'm a little nervous about that, but that's kind of the point of this podcast. It's literally called Mwende Says, so Mwende needs to have her say. As always, I have voice notes from a few friends on how they're coping during this pandemic. And we will continue to make an attempt to explore life, death, and the care and grief in between, and what it means to cling to joy. I'm trying to remember when I became aware of COVID-19. I know, I know it's it's really weird. It feels like it's such a huge part of our lives now that it's kind of difficult to remember when all this started. Um, but I think it was back in December when it's I became aware of it anyway. So back then it was being referred to as another coronavirus. I knew it was in Wuhan, China, and that was pretty much it. It didn't strike me as anything I needed to worry about. China is a world away. There have been other coronaviruses before, you know, like SARS. They've never affected me. So I just felt that um, me knowing about it was just me being aware of international news. And the most I felt about it was that um, that's really sad for the people being affected in Wuhan. Especially when the news of things like lockdowns are being reported. It sounded so extreme then. But it was still so far away, so I really I really wasn't worried. So then we get to February, and this thing starts to look serious. But I imagine, okay, fine, it, it maybe will spread in Europe, but they'll contain it and things will be fine. But things are not getting fine, and scientists and doctors were sounding the alarm bells. I think that's when I really started to pay attention because of all the alarm bells. Like It was not just one country now, it was globally all these alarm bells are being sounded. So by the time March rolled in, I was pretty shocked by the extent to which COVID-19 had spread and the amount of disruption it had caused. Um, if you listened to episode one, you know I celebrated my birthday in March at home because that's when the current cases started to be reported. They've been reported like a week to my birthday. Yeah, exactly a week to my birthday is when the first case was reported. So March, I think it was March 13th, yeah. And I remember just being in disbelief especially when I was watching the videos coming out of Italy, like thousands of people are dead and hospitals are overwhelmed. And then all the talk about, oh my God, if this gets to Africa, we're going to be decimated. I mean, and they had a point. Our healthcare infrastructure is not exactly the best. You know, even on the best days, it's, it's, it's wanting. And you know, unless you've got the cash or great insurance to go to a private hospital, you're basically at God's mercy. And even at private hospitals, if you're seriously ill or, or your heart, 
your insurance will most likely run out and your family will need to put out a medical appeal and do harambees to cover your bill. We know this. This is pretty much the norm. Every other week, there's a harambee or there's a medical appeal pretty much almost every day on social media. So I basically was worried. I had what I would say, the fear of God. <laughs> That's why I, I really, from the beginning, I was taking no chances. I was like, listen, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't, I don't have a trust fund. I can't afford to get sick. And when people started to run to stock up on disinfectant and tissue and things like that, I mean, I didn't go. Not because I necessarily didn't want to. I think it was just I didn't want to be around that many people. And also I was more worried about food running out than I was about like disinfectant and tissue. And it was really interesting having conversations with my friends from across the world whether they're in Italy or the US or Australia, who are basically telling me the same stories of, you know, we can, we don't even have tissue here. Like things have run out in the supermarket. Um, but that didn't happen here. And I, I'd really say it's because most Kenyans can't afford to do random bulk shopping. In fact, for most Kenyans, the only time they will do like that kind of, not even that kind of shopping, but just general like bulk shopping where you, you really shop more than usual is is usually December. The rest of the year, people just, they buy what they need. So it's such a huge privilege um, to be able to just do bulk shopping, especially so randomly, that I feel like that's such a small percentage of Kenya. So maybe that's why we still, even up to now, we still have supplies. Anyway, (laughs) the point I'm making is that since then, it's basically been like, a weird dream i felt like okay is this real sometimes i I'm, I'm, i really do question am i am i awake and i know i'm not the only one it's literally like the beginning of the weirdest time of our collective memory uh, hi Hi, my name is Wamadai. Um, I'm a digital influencer. Um, and um, one of the things that has changed for me um, around um, the COVID-19 crisis uh, is the fact that um, I've stopped um, eating out, uh, obviously. Uh, but also I've stopped eating in, I've stopped ordering uh, food at all. Um, of course, that means that I'm cooking more. I'm washing, you know, a ton of dishes, which is, which is, which is not interesting at all. But I've noticed that I've, I'm, I'm saving a lot of money because of that. And I think, um, even after this crisis is over, I think this is something um, that I'll try um and keep up because um obviously it's healthier to um you know cook for your uh, cook for yourself it is um it is it is cheaper uh and then also um i've noticed that it is also uh it, it <clears throat> also the quality of food um is better i've i've 
less uh, stomach upset, um, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm spending less money and I have food at home, like, all the time. I think, um, I think in, you know, I think in general, um, if I, if, you know, if I were to talk about, like, one of the positive um, sides of this crisis, I think um, this would be one of them, and I really, really try, um, I really, really try and make sure that, you know, I'm, I, you know, I keep this up even after Corona. Thank you. One of the ways that I cope with difficult things is by laughing. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I've been laughing at how 2020 started and how none of us could have foreseen this apocalyptic movie we're all in right now. I started my year great. 2020 was my getting things done year. So I had a whole list of stuff to get done. I was like, okay, Mwende, enough with the thinking, planning, talking. This is the year of doing. I wanted to get back to making films getting my podcast off the ground okay at least that's done kick off my events things travel especially within kenya and a whole lot of other things and i would started well i um made trips by march i'd already been to savo kisumu naivasha and i was to go down to the coast with a friend of mine so we were planning to go to diani and matamu in april and I was also in the planning stage for trips to Rusinga, to Lamu, to Kana. But I basically just wanted to see Kenya, you know, Tembea Kenya properly. Because I felt like a lot of my trips tend to be to the coast. And so I wanted to expand my travel, you know. So those dreams are basically in the water now. I'm not sure a lot of us are going to travel or or. Like, we'll even want to travel, really, at all in 2020. You know, maybe local travel, if things um, get a little better. Okay, not a little better, a lot better. But international travel is just so difficult right now. I was even having this conversation with a friend the other day about this, and we both agreed that it's going to be hectic to travel internationally because I foresee masks on planes and in airports being the new normal as well as these temperature checks. You know, 9-11 made travel difficult, and I feel like this is also going to do the same thing. I can just imagine how long checking will, I mean, checking in will take now. If you needed to be at the airport two hours earlier, it might not be four hours because you need to get all this extra medical stuff done. You know, probably need to even get a COVID-19 test at the airport. I've seen a bunch of airlines saying that they're gonna introduce such stuff and also, there's this whole conversation um, on digital health certificates. So it's uh, whether it will be compulsory to show that you've been vaccinated against COVID-19 and a bunch of other things. I mean, there's a lot of ethical questions around that. But the truth of the matter is that things are going to drastically change when it comes to travel after this. And of course, if you're African like me, these changes will really affect us because even though we were innocent victims here we'll be cast as villains and we can already see this happening in countries like china so i'm really just not looking forward to 
the situation in terms of um, international travel. And I hope that um, hopefully locally, the stakeholders will be able to take the opportunity to do better for Kenyan travelers and even Africa. We'll hopefully have better, you know, Africa Africans um, getting better treatment and just better access to other African countries because I have a feeling that's going to be the case going forward if... Um, yeah, because I, I really, that's, that's really what I see. Another thing I was looking forward to doing in 2020 was going back to a 95. I've been a freelancer entrepreneur for a minute, six years now. So congratulations to me <laughs> for being able to achieve that. But I've been looking to expand my skill set in a few areas. And I wanted to work for someone for a bit. Job searching during a pandemic is not fun. That much I can tell you. Hi, Leti Shangwe. I'm yet to land a job, but I'm just, I'm glad that at least I've been called for a couple of interviews. And so I'm pretty confident that it's only a matter of time before I land something. Um, in the meantime, I'm doing a lot of writing, digital marketing jobs, and I'm grateful that there's still a bunch of those around to keep me busy and paid. I'm also doing the unpaid work of helping a few friends navigate working from home. Seeing as I am a veteran in this department, it's actually a little funny that a lot of 95 guys um, are struggling because they thought it was a piece of cake. Um, I remember when I was working, when I would work from home and people would go to work and they'd be like, oh my God, you're so lucky. You get to be at home all day. And now they're like, oh my God, this is terrible. I hate working from home. I'm sorry if you're one of those people, you'll get the hang of it. Working from home requires a lot of discipline and also really strong boundaries. I think a lot of the struggle comes from the lack of boundaries, especially now where you'll find a lot of employers taking advantage to get the most from their staff. So working late hours with the excuse of, well, you're at home anyway, so like, what else do you have going on? And I've seen a lot of people um, online, and even in my circles, people have been talking about this and saying that they're working way more well at home and I had to nip this in the bud with my clients where unless it's a major emergency or, you know, we kind of had discussed this before, I don't pick calls before eight or after six. I know it's harder to put these boundaries in place when it's an employer. And especially right now with so many layoffs, everyone is just glad to have a job. If you still have a job, you're just glad to just have the job. But I hope that working from home, the hours become and having normal hours while working from home is, you know, the norm for most people because working from home doesn't mean you get to work 24-7 like you have nothing else to do. You still need rest. You still need personal time. And if you have a family, you absolutely need family time. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to anyone who will be listening to this audio. My name is Mudoni Kirumba. I'm an entrepreneur. I own a gift shop called Zola Afrique and I am also an author. I reside in Kenya. Yeah, I'll be sharing about my experience during this COVID-19 period. So I have been at home, closed my gift shop about three weeks ago. 
because of obviously the risks that were involved with my employee coming to work uh, every day. We saw it would be best to close the business fast and navigate the situation. While I've been at home, I have been writing and the first three days were a bit of a challenge. I was quite lazy on those days, <laughs> but it is part of adjusting. So I realized I had to form a routine and stick to it. I did. And it included writing and exercising just to keep the mind and the body alive, which helped a lot. I have also been checking up on friends, both abroad and locally, chatting with them and learning how to just operate more online, like chatting with friends on WhatsApp, on Zoom, having meetings on Zoom as well, just to keep connected to the world. I've also taken a step back just to revitalize and rejuvenate myself. I was offline for a couple of days, I think five days offline completely. My phone was off and it was very refreshing just to spend time with myself. So another th thing that's been important to me, well, other than work, because, well, work is important. I feel it's a huge part of my self-care. I like to be busy. I like to feel like I'm doing something and when I say work I don't necessarily mean you know something that's getting me paid necessarily I mean just doing meaningful things meaningful work like having some sort of output into the universe I enjoy I enjoy working I enjoy um, having some sort of thing that I'm working on at any point in time whether it's something I'm being paid for or it's just my own thing my own project you know something that I can look forward to so yeah other than work um, another thing that's really been on my mind is that question that people ask where they're like how are you really and it's been on my mind I've been making an effort to ask myself that question I'd like to say every day but that that would be a lie <laughs> but I try every other day to ask myself that question and to ask my friends that question and people around me that question because um rather people in my life that question because I feel it's so important to check in on others but it's also really important to check in on yourself and just make sure that you're doing okay so some days are good like today today's a good day I feel calm and I actually slept through the night without any strange dreams so this is an actual thing that's happening to people around the world um, people are having strange dreams apparently it's normal because our minds are trying to maintain a semblance of sanity in these insane times so I've been having the weirdest dreams and when I say weird dreams I don't even mean nightmares I don't think I've had a nightmare I've just been having like wacky dreams but the kind of thing that you know probably <laughs> you know like maybe filmmakers or, or animators would would use um to show somebody's like on a you know is 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 on drugs or something you know i mean such weird like dreams like that i had one where i was in a peanut butter jar 
and it was so weird and it was it was actually a lucid dream because i was so aware that it was a dream and in the dream i kept asking myself why am i in a peanut butter jar then i was like okay you're clearly dreaming why are you dreaming about being in a peanut butter jar anyway it was weird so those are the kind of dreams i'm having just wacky and (laughs) strange um yeah then you know some days are just like terrible either i can't sleep so i stay up all night and when i say all night i mean all night and this can go on for two three days like i literally go two or three days without sleeping and then i spend my time binge watching stuff because i'm trying to make myself sleepy or tired actually i am tired but i can't sleep so i'll be super exhausted and then i'll just have like this horrible bugs under my eyes because of the lack of sleep uh but i prefer that one um the lack of sleep the insomnia um but i'm able to get things done the one i hate where i know okay things are just horrible is when i'm completely unable to get basic like basic tasks done so i can sleep all day and unable and i'm unable to do anything and when i say tasks i mean getting out of bed as a task taking a shower as a task it just becomes nearly impossible and if you're also struggling by the way um don't be afraid to ask for help reach out to family or friends or a professional you know a number of therapists are running online sessions um including Maggie Gitu who was in episode 2 and if you check out online as well i'm sure you'll be able to find other professionals that are, are running sessions so make sure you get help if you, if you need help um this is the time to you know it's not the time to to play super a superhero you know um even if it's not a professional just reach out to someone and you'll be surprised to find that a, a lot of people are struggling and you guys can you know help to support each other even if it's just having a nice chat um you know that you're not crazy that you're not the only one who's feeling um stressed out or or some type of way um yeah so at first i was plagued with guilt when i when i was having these unproductive days because you know there's also this sense that oh you should be incredibly productive and all these people sharing stories of oh shakespeare wrote um king lear during blah 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 was it what was it uh, he was um was it during the plague when he was like quarantined and da 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 i'm like okay fine whatever <laughs> so you know it it feels like this is a time to get ahead when the world has slowed down it's a time to do the most and sometimes i am doing the most i will be honest sometimes i do the most i get a lot of stuff done um working on a bunch of things and on those days i'm really proud of myself for being able to achieve those things but when i'm unable to be productive on the days where i crash i'm also learning to be gentle with myself and to extend kindness and care to myself so if i go into panic mode sometimes i just i breathe it out um if i can i work it out you know basically just working out i'm trying to be consistent it's hard you know because if you have days where you're good and days where you're not that great it can be hard to keep things consistent but i'm doing my best and for me that's more than enough i just i, I just congratulate myself every time when i'm i know i'm doing my best so if it's a really hard hit 
sometimes I just nap it out. I'm like, you know what? Just take a nap. You wake up, you feel a little better. You know, a one-hour nap, a two-hour nap. And I feel better, you know. And if sometimes I need like a whole day of sleeping, I'm like, you know what? Just do the basic minimum that you need to do today in terms of any work that's pending. And then, you know what? Get into that bed and sleep. Then maybe go for a walk, cook something. Basically, I'm just trying to learn to be in tune with my mind, body, and spirit and allow myself space to feel things because there's a lot to feel right now. You know, like we're living through a, a, a something that other people, are, it's like a historical moment. People have not lived through this and we are here living through this. So you are allowed to feel out of sorts. You're allowed to feel weird. <laughs> and yeah, seeing people selling their belongings, permanently shutting down businesses, losing jobs, struggling. I mean, I'm not there, but if this goes on for a few months, who's to say I will not be? So, of course, panic and fear, that's a normal reaction. It's its normal to panic and, and, and be afraid when, you, when there's so much uncertainty. So even as I'm working to figure things out on my end where I'm like, okay, probably need to make a little bit more money, pitch here, do this here, um, need to be able to plan better in terms of budget and, and things like that. I'm also aware that there are things that are simply out of my control. So I can only do my best with what I have in, in my power to do and then hope for the best because, you know, what am I going to do with the rest of the thing? I'm not a president. I'm not, you know, the, I'm not who I'm not, I'm not um, a scientist working on the, you know, coronavirus, this COVID-19 um, vaccine. You know what I mean? Like there's only so much I can do. So, that's what I'm I'm trying to focus on. Then, of course, there's the panic of, oh, wow, is the world ending? And then all these WhatsApp forwards and conspiracy theories that are just not helping anyone. And I'm really, I think during this time, I've really been surprised by some of the people that are forwarding the conspiracy theories. Because you think they know better and they don't. <laughs> and yeah, it's just been a lot. And I would love to leave WhatsApp or take a break from WhatsApp. But at this point, I'm, I'm basically, you know, because of work and, and conversations, you kind of can't exactly just completely exit. But I'm really just shocked by the amount of forwards that are really just, you know, you, they're, they're the forwards that you can be like, okay, this is grounded on some truth, but there's a lot of um, untruths in it. And then there's the stuff where you're like, this is literal science fiction, guys, and a lot of conspiracy theory things that are really just not helpful. And anyway, so the people who are like, oh my God, this is the apocalypse. I'm like, nah, I don't think so. And to be honest, if it was, I'd be really disappointed because this is not how I imagined the apocalypse to be, honestly. Um, I'm not a fan of apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic movies and shows, but I watch them from time to time, mostly because of the FOMO. Yeah, I'm not about FOMO. <laughs> I'm not about FOMO, especially when it's pop culture and people can't stop talking about it. 10 million tweets, my Twitter timeline is full of the same thing and I don't get the references. So I have to go watch to stay in the know. Um, yeah, so peer pressure is uh, it's not just for the kids. 
anyway, so every time I watch one of these shows or movies, I feel tired. I I, I feel like um, the reason is probably because I don't identify with any of the characters. Um, not that you need to identify with any of the characters or you know, to to enjoy something, but I don't have a, a connection in because I know if there was an apocalyptic event, I'd be dead. And I mean, I would have no interest in continuing to live in such a world. <laughs> I'm not fighting zombies or going on an insane trip to get to some submarine or rocket or bunker because there's an asteroid or a nuclear bomb or, you know, whatever, whatever the case. I don't even understand the fascination with bunkers. So I've seen the documentaries and I was even more convinced that I would rather go first round, whatever it is, I'd rather go in the first round than live in one of those things. I mean, cool, they have everything, including a swimming pool or whatever, but okay, and then what? Like, what's the quality of life? So you live down there for generations until the earth is livable again? Um, <laughs> it just doesn't appeal to me at all. And I think the only thing that would make me <clears throat> fight to survive is if I had kids. But otherwise, I'd be like, well, it's been a good life. I love you all. When they're out. And that's it. The most difficult part about this COVID-19 quarantine has been keeping myself sane. I like to work, so I work a lot. But when I'm not working, I find myself drinking or smoking. So those are very unhealthy coping mechanisms, and I know this. However, in a battle between my mind and I, I seem to be losing each and every time, which is why sometimes... I'll wake up at 9 in the morning, pour myself a double of gin, grab my tonic, and start my day. That's not how I like to live. I prefer to allocate my drinking time. But unfortunately, I've been living like every day is a Sunday. Not a Saturday, not a Friday, not a weekend. A Sunday. And do you know how much you have to come to terms with? what a Sunday is. A Sunday is the end of fun and the near beginning of business. So basically, you're in that anxious stage where you're sad that the fun is over from the weekend and you're anxious about the next day. The only difference is that for us, the next day is not coming. Each and every day is a Sunday. So we are living each day with anxiety and it's frustrating. And I'm honestly, honestly not okay. Uh, luckily, I have still been getting my therapy in. I still have my one session a week with my therapist. And so far, so good. I am trying to stay afloat. So the last thing I want to talk about today on this episode um, on my experiences during this COVID-19 pandemic is, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, but it's just something that I've hated with every fiber of my being. 
the constant examples of humanity's worst. Honestly, it's been really tough to see. I already knew that there's a lot of wickedness in the world, but I think I had this flicker of hope that a global pandemic would change the world. You know, kind of naive of me, um, to be honest. But at the beginning, it looked like it was a possibility. You know, you had all this... Um, communities coming together you know governments are show care to their civilians and so they have all these all these um, programs and things where they were helping the most vulnerable but as this pandemic has progressed it's sort of just clear <laughs> it's just clear that that was just um it was just it that it was just a, a pipe dream basically and i'm not saying that um you know these things have not been great to see but i feel that um kind of over exaggerated because so many communities yes they have come together to hope to help those amongst them that are in need but this i feel is the general way a lot of these communities function so you'll find that um, now it's just been magnified. But these people that are being helpful now have always been helpful. It's just that now they're going out of their way to even be more helpful. But, well, basically in the same way, a lot of the inequality and the exploitation and injustice and the lack of care by a number of governments, a number of people and large corporations has also been magnified. So we're seeing a lot more of it now because um, I don't know who said it, um, who I should attribute the quote to, but there's a quote that a crisis shows you the true colors of somebody um, or something. And I feel like that's what hap what's happening now, where the, the people who are generally good anyway and helpful and kind and generous, this is just magnifying that. It's, it's, it's showing who they are already. And those who are the opposite, who are um, taking, you know, who are, are wicked. <laughs> no, I love using that word. <laughs> wicked, because um, that's really what it is, wickedness. Taking advantage of, of desperate people, of vulnerable people or just showing a lack of care they were already that way this is just magnifying that it's just it's showing more of who they already are um i hate the idea of countries as businesses so the language that's being used of we need to open up the country we need to xyz it just sounds so you know horrible because it's it's we're basically discussing lives as disposable where well, we need to open up the country because, okay, who cares if a few people die? They were going to die anyway. You know, that kind of rhetoric is it's just ugly. And I know that, um, obviously, that a lot of us hate poor people, that the systems that are in place are hateful towards poor people because if they were not, then poor people would not exist and would not, you know, or would not be suffering Um in the same way that they do. So we definitely hate poor people. We hate vulnerable people. And if we don't hate them, we look at them as an inconvenience. And what what are we being inconvenienced, inconvenienced from? 
that makes their lives disposable. What, going out? Like, that's it. So I really, really just hope that governments and really all of us are able to think through when we're talking about solutions going forward on how to ensure quality of life for everyone without having to sacrifice people, literally sacrifice. Because to me, it sounds, <laughs> there's no difference between us and um you know, the idea of um, when certain communities or cultures where they would need to sacrifice um, certain people in the community, like throw them into a volcano or kill them or whatever the case, basically they were, they were murdered so that the gods could look upon them with favor and so that, you know, they would the, the, their economy would do well. And I feel like that's literally what we're doing where we feel like, well, these people, whether it's, we're talking about old people or disabled people or poor people, and in some countries, really what they mean is black people, you know, the people who are at the front lines um, and are working jobs where they're really not being paid well and they need to be at work, or people who have to go out and don't have the luxury of staying home, they have to go out to earn money and so are being exposed much more than the the rest of us so it really it's really just i feel that the, the part of this pandemic that's just been the ugliest part of all and if you're someone who doesn't believe that all human lives are intrinsically valuable then we cannot agree like we are fundamentally different at the fundamental level we cannot agree and I stopped having debates about things where we fundamentally, we're just not on the same page. Because I really don't know how to explain to you that you should care about other people. And I don't think you can debate someone into caring about other people. So I won't. Hello, Mwende. This is Mugambi Laibuta. Thank you so much uh, for your podcast and what you're doing with it. Um, so for me, uh, I, my coping mechanism at this time, I created a, sh a daily schedule uh, where I wake up and sleep at specific hours. I set a time, uh, time for reading, working out, uh, a daily siesta, some meditation. And uh, what this has done is that uh, it has reduced my anxiety and made me not think too much about the crisis that uh, is around us. And I would say as the days go by, my coping uh, mechanism has worked well. So I want to end with joy. There's a lot of heaviness and uncertainty going forward. And I want to bring us back to the point of this episode, which was to cling to joy living through a pandemic. And one of the ways that um, I've been trying to have joy as regular practice is by reading. And I want to share one of the things that I've been reading. It's one of my favorite poems. It's by Maya Angelou, A Brave and Startling Truth. And I'll read.
We, this people, on a small and lonely planet, traveling through casual space, past aloof stars, across the way of indifferent suns, to a destination where all signs tell us it is possible and imperative that we learn a brave and startling truth. And when we come to it, to the day of peacemaking, when we release our fingers from fists of hostility and allow the pure air to cool our palms, when we come to it, when the curtain falls on the minstrel show of hate and faces suited with scorn are scrubbed clean, when battlefields and Coliseum no longer rake our unique and particular sons and daughters up with the bruised and bloody grass to lie in identical plots in foreign soil, when the rapacious storming of the churches, the screaming racket in the temples have ceased, when the pennants are waving gaily, when the banners of the world tremble stoutly in the good, clean breeze. When we come to it, when we let the rifles fall from our shoulders and children dress their dolls in flags of truce, when lined minds of death have been removed and the aged can walk into evenings of peace, when religious ritual is not perfumed by the incense of burning flesh and childhood dreams are not kicked awake by nightmares of abuse. When we come to it, then we will confess that not the pyramids, with their stones set in mysterious perfection, nor the gardens of Babylon hanging as eternal beauty in our collective memory, nor the Grand Canyon kindled into delicious color by western sunsets, nor the Danube, flowing its blue soul into Europe, not the sacred peak of Mount Fuji stretching to the rising sun, neither Father Amazon nor Mother Mississippi, who without favor nurture all creatures in the depths and on the shores. These are not the only wonders of the world. When we come to it, we, this people on this minuscule and kithless globe, who reach daily for the bomb, the blade and the dagger, yet who petition in the dark for tokens of peace, we, this people, on this moat of matter, in whose mouths abide cankerous words, which challenge our very existence, yet out of those same mouths come songs of such exquisite sweetness, that the heart falters in its labor, and the body is quieted into awe. We, this people, on this small and drifting planet, whose hands can strike with such abandon, that in a twinkling, life is sapped from the living, yet those same hands can touch with such healing, irresistible tenderness, that the haughty neck is happy to bow, and the proud back is glad to bend, out of such chaos, of such contradiction, we learn that we are neither devils nor divines. When we come to it, we, this people, on this wayward floating body, created on this earth, of this earth, have the power to fashion for this earth, a climate where every man and every woman can live freely without sanctimonious piety, without crippling fear. When we come to it, we must confess that we are the possible, we are the miraculous, the true wonder of this world. That is when... And only when we come to it. Hi, my name is Burigi. And how I'm getting through this whole coronavirus situation is understanding that first, I have at least a frame of reference because of the post-election situation that usually happens. So I know that I can get through a period of uncertainty. I can get through a period where business drops completely. I've done it before. I can do it again. So just that is a base level that I'm dealing with. And then what I've done is try to, as much as possible, limit 
the consumption of information around COVID-19. So what I have done personally is that I have a thread that runs every day, one tweet a day, where I'm tweeting the latest statistics on the coronavirus as they're reported by the Ministry of Health. And that is it. I only look for information once a day to tweet that tweet. Once that's done, I'm done until the next day. So I'm not constantly looking at information on this thing, trying to reduce anxiety in that front. Then what I'm trying to do as well is work out a little more than I was before. So a lot of walking, workouts inside the house, and that's basically it. I'm incredibly lucky that we are still shooting for the show, so at least I get to work once a week, once or twice a week, and that at least helps to some extent. I've been your host, Mwendangao, and this has been Mwenda Says, a weekly podcast on all things life that is out every Wednesday. If you'd like to share a voice note to be featured on the podcast on how you're coping through this pandemic, you can do so by emailing me at hi at mwendangao.com. That's H-I at M-W-E-N-D-E-N-G-A-O.com. Please do keep it about a minute, two minutes long. You can also send me your thoughts on the podcast or anything else you'd like to share. I'd love to hear from you. Interact with me on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, my handle is at Mwendesoso. That's M-W-E-N-D-E-S-U-S-U. Or on my Facebook page, Mwendengao. Remember to wash your hands, social distance, wear your mask, stay active and be kind. From next week, we'll be having some amazing conversations with your favorite creatives and entrepreneurs. So look out for that. Remember to have joy as regular practice. So seek joy, claim joy, and cling to joy. Till next week, thank you for listening. <laughs>